Welcome to Talking In Stations. It's Matterall here with the guys from, well, let's find out. They're from uh, Pashven, but they are the Triglavian side of the people who helped the NPC aliens, we'll call them, take over certain systems in EVE Online. And uh, we're, we have representatives from three, I think, out of four major groups there. And so let's, let's meet them and let's find out what they're up to. But first, here is co-host Rich Richmond. How are you doing, Rich? I'm well. It's a cool afternoon here. Yeah. All right. Uh, from Strybog, we have Mal Davius. Nice to meet you. And put a face to that voice, to that writing, right? Uh, also from uh, Kybernauts, we have Opus Magnum. Howdy. Yeah, you may know Opus also from Eve Onion. Uh, he is the publisher of that. What would you call that? Website? Uh, yeah. E-zine, website. Right. An entirely reputable news source these days. <laughs> what is the onion, after all? You know? <laughs> uh, and, and then uh, you may remember uh, Zero, Zeromus from, what is your group called, Zeromus? I represent the Alliance uh, ITC, Interstellar Triglavian Collective, and I'm the CEO of Breadfleet, the largest corp within. Okay, so uh, some big news coming out of... Poshven, uh, there was a huge fight there. There was uh, an amazing fight. I called it one for the ages, and I mean it. I've seen a lot of fights, and that was uh, just an incredibly dramatic one. We'll talk about that. But since that fight, there's been a big announcement. Uh, Maldavis, you just tell us what that is, and then we'll go back and explore everything about Poshven that, that uh, you guys know. So the four alliances within our coalition, which is Interstellar Triglavian uh, Collective and Kybernauts Clade, Strybog Clade, and Triglavian Unity, we're destroying all of our own citadels in Pochvin out of protest for the management of the region and out of the fact that we are currently the content that is served up in that region. And we don't want to be that anymore. So we're going to live out of NPC stations. We're going to stay in Pochvin. We're going to keep engaging in the content as we were, but we're not going to be bound by timer hell. We're not going to be bound by citadels in that region. And we're not going to be the only content available in this space. You said management of the region. Uh, who manages the region? We're talking about CCP. So for the last eight months, uh, we've had Pochman. For the first three to four of those months, the region's been completely, was completely broken. After that, uh, the only form of PV in the systems was the dread sites. They worked for about a month and a half. There's been an exploit in those dread sites that allows people to obtain ISK from the people who run them and drain the ISK out of the people who are actually running that site. So it's called seagling, right? About 20 people will decloak on grid about 5,000 to 10,000 kilometers away take ISK from the people who are actually running the site and then recloak and just get away. They don't have to do anything. And most recently, they found out that they can remote rep each other once and get a tag on that site in the first room and there's nothing you can do about it there either. So because of this, the region was only profitable for the people who actually live there for about a month. And it's not reflected in the MER because this is going to people in those systems, but it's not going to the people actually running the content. And it's ridiculous. And we've been talking about this now for four months to CCP. We've sent in hundreds of bug reports. We've talked on, um, you know, in CSM debates. We've had current CSM members say that it needs to be fixed. In the in the latest one, Phantomite actually said, "Why hasn't CCP fixed this yet? This is ridiculous." And it's come to this point where we're abandoned in the region. Our region is broken. The only ISK faucet that we have available to us is broken, and CCP isn't listening. So we're going to burn it down. Yeah, burn your own stuff down. Uh, here's We're the announcement. Stuff down. We'll put uh, that up on screen so people can see. This was released on Reddit as well, but this is an in-game announcement. 
uh, it looks like an in-game announcement, but you put a logo on it. I imagine logo came afterwards, but there you are, the three signers uh, of this that went out. Who did this go out to? All your members? Uh, so this actually went out to Strybog Clade Alliance, and then I passed it off to Zeramus and to Opus as well. Uh, this was written jointly by all of us, though. So everyone who is an alliance leader inside of the coalition wrote this together. How this is quite a bold move going on. How many structures will you be destroying with this? I think action? in total, it's it's about twenty. I think between all of us, oh, yeah, right. I think it's about twenty. And how has the rest of the alliance members, the line members, reacted to this? I think this is the most interesting and telling thing of all of it. Our line members are happy. They're sick of timer hell. They're sick of being served up on a platter to everybody in New Eden, being able to jump into our systems and instantly grab it. So if you're a null sec and someone wants to sino into your system, they want to drop into your system, you can sino jam it. And there's jump ranges that restrict the range at which people can jump into your system, right? There's counterplay to that. In Pochfin, they can filament from anywhere in space, anywhere at all, even from Jita, even from like the farthest flung reaches of null sec, and they appear instantly in Pochfin with no counterplay whatsoever for the people living there. So we have these massive escalation battles. Like you said, it was battle for the ages. That happened because people can fill them in, in fleets of 15 and just reinforce, 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 reinforce. And you get these huge, huge battles. Once these citadels are gone, it's not going to happen anymore. No one will have a reason to do that. And we're going to take that away because we should not be served up as the content in Pochvin when the rest of the content is broken. Yeah, so uh, battle for the you ages... Refers to the uh, the last Asbel that uh, was a, just an epic fight, and we'll talk about that. But actually, let's move back to people who may be uh, really being introduced to Poshvin for the first time in a significant way. Can you guys tell us the origins of Poshvin and, and why you chose to live there? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we worked together to build it. <laughs> you know, Zeramis and hours. Opus and I, we were there a long time. If you guys want to talk about it, I've been talking a bunch, so... Go for it. The birth of Pachven was a mysterious thing because where most coalitions in this game are born of, you know, living in the same region or sharing in a specific, you know, interest, we were randomly assembled by our individual interest in Triglavian content. We came together spontaneously as just, you know, separate groups that all had an interest in, in making this happen. And so ultimately, I, I don't even know how to describe how we all came together. We've, we've fought wars against each other. The birth of Pachven was just the beginning. And then, you know, we had interclade rivalries. Uh, Seeing us all on the same side, there's all these great accusations of the blue triangle, but what happened when CCP removed the standings from the gates was serve everyone in here up to null blocks. And so we decided that, you know, if we want to keep a Triglavian presence in this space, we have to fight on the same side. There was no more room for interclade rivalry because survival was on the line. And it's kind of like Maldavia said, like, we just didn't want to be content for these guys. You know, there's a button they can press to make the entire coalition form up and force us to bleed ships. You know, we, we can't afford to lose even a single battle. So in this way, we're liberating ourselves from the control of, of, of the NullSec blocks. I, I think the thing that's really interesting about it to me is in, in every other situation in EVE, right? Loss is not permanent. In Pochvin, loss is permanent. So if you want to, like, say an Asbel gets destroyed somewhere else out in NullSec or in low security space, they can put a new one down. We can't put a new one down. New citadels are prevented in Pochvin by game mechanics. And because of this, we had to win every timer at any cost. That means calling all of our allies. That means burning out our line members. That means throwing every last isk that we had to prevent these things from dying. That has a wear and tear on people. They can't do that forever. And as an alliance that's only 11 months old because we were formed during the invasion because of this narrative that CCP wrote, we don't have the funds to do that either. 
it's a ridiculous situation. So we're not going to be a part of it. We're just going right. to burn it down. We're and back. We're back on the situation. Real, uh, go ahead and zero. I just wanted to say a real consideration for us. We're among the smallest groups in Pocvin, and every time one of these timers came up on one of our structures, Strybog would form up. You know, the Kybernauts would form up. My uh, Jas from the Pleasure Hub Bandits would form up, and these people would die on our behalf. They would bleed ships on our behalf, fighting groups we have no business fighting, who were brought here because the standings on the gate went down. So ultimately, for my people, they voted nearly unanimously to do this because we're tired of seeing our friends whelp try to defend space that ultimately provides no strategic advantage. It's like we know they'll keep dying, and we we want to stem the bleeding. And on top of that, right, with the content the way it is, there's no way for us to replenish our risk, right? There's because of the content out there and the and the lack of it. So you know, this is is that's precious to everyone. So it's it's on the line. Like we've given it all to each other to defend our structures, and we've been happy to do it. But there comes a breaking point. It began 11 months ago with the well. What, what began the Craig Levin events? Yeah. Uh, it, well, uh, so let, the whole idea of the region of Pockfin okay. began 11 months ago with the final invasion of the Triglavians and various systems being kidnapped. At first, people had mixed feelings about Pockfin. I myself have mixed feelings about it too. How was life in Pockfin during these early times, the early periods, or, the, when you were frontiersmen? Uh, it was the worst time I've ever had in Eve. For the first three months, none of the content in the region worked at all. So the only content that was available was the Dread sites. They actually did not function. If you tried to run them, the site could not complete. That was the first bug. We turned in as a bug. A week later, we got a ping saying, hey, this might be fixed. Go try this again. We go in there. It wouldn't spawn the Zernitra that actually kills the building. Site can't complete. Then eventually the site would complete and no payouts would happen. No ISK would drop. No cash would spawn. Then after that, in one instance... We destroyed the building that was in there because you're supposed to destroy the building to complete the site. We get two jumps away and our entire fleet loses 0.58 standing and half of our fleet can't use the gates anymore because the standings gain on it was wrong and did it in the opposite direction to a massive degree, an absolutely enormous degree of loss. So the first three months was that. It was us doing that all the time. We lost 70% of our online members and half of them never came back. Wow. 70 percent yeah like because alliance you guys almost were... died and other alliances in here folded too people just left yeah we um, nearly died ourselves people couldn't handle it someone's had an extinction event you got funneled down to or whittled down to a small group yeah and it wasn't yeah, even yeah. just that with the dread sites right like i know we focus on that a lot but there were other things too like um certain gates in the systems if you tried to land on them at zero they would put you 400 kilometers away in a dead space and there were drifters shooting you now you can't use the gate now you're stuck what are you going to do? You have to leave. The wormholes, if you bookmarked a wormhole and you tried to land on it, it wouldn't land on the wormhole at zero. It'd land on the anomaly. So you're 50 kilometers away from the wormhole that you had bookmarked and you're getting attacked by rats again. All kinds of stuff like this that are just basic, does the content work checks were not done. And it was, it was awful. It was the worst time I've ever had in EVE. To this day, insta-locking drifters. Insta-lock. They'll kill you in a shuttle. Insta-lock drifters. To this day, the Triglavians that I have massive standings with will shoot me randomly for almost no reason. And they still replace ships. Like, if I put in a ticket and I'm like, hey, the Trig shot me, they replace the ship, which means they understand it's a bug, but we've been in here for eight months. How long is this bug going to go on? It's like they've forgotten about us, man. Our alliance has had over 100 ships replaced because Triglavians attacked us, even though m many of us have over 8.0 standing. 
They just do it randomly. They'll even shoot each other randomly. And we joke about it. We call it like, oh, the trigs are, you know, they're having proving, you know, they're shooting each other. Ha ha. <laughs> but it's really just they break and start shooting each other on grid and shooting anyone on grid, including, you know, players, <laughs> even if they have high standing. I, I love it. It's love frankly it. insane. Yeah, like, I love that. The, posh, the amount know. of bugs. Yeah. Right. I love the posh, the though, has that posh had in the beginning is, is rough. Right. It was really rough. Okay. So After I love the idea totally that you guys up. have your own like lore that goes with this. Um, yeah. But like, so it's the, not all doom and gloom. We try to we try to take those bugs because they're long standing issues. They're they're ones that we know are wrong. You know, like trigs shooting each other and shooting players with high standings. We have to find a way to make that fun for our line members and our FCs. We have to find a way to keep morale up, even though we know that the game is completely broken around us. So we we have mm -hmm. to make jokes like that. It's right. not something we should have to do, but you know, it's it is how. No, it is. but it's it's a way of adapting, even psychologically. Uh, but yeah. I, I like that it happens. And CCP was reimbursing your ships. It's just an inconvenience. The this was a brand new region that was taken from Empire Space, kind of like fused together based on your guys' actions of uh, winning systems and creating a, a sun. Uh, I don't even know what you would call it, but changing the sun's color. And uh, all of a sudden, Pashun is born as its entire region. It's it's going to have bugs. Um, and yeah. you guys are the ones that have to suffer those bugs because you're living in it. And at the beginning, there wasn't a lot of people that were re really even allowed to go into that system very well. Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest problem to me is just the severity of these issues is so high. And the length of time that it has taken to fix these issues is so long. These players, like EVE is a game where these types of things that bleed out alliances over time and cause this type of damage are very serious. It can destroy whole organizations permanently. And when you have things like the first three months of Pachvin literally not working, and then the first month that it works, CCP releases an MER saying that the region made 3.1 trillion ISK, that paints a target on our back saying, hey, look, they're all fat cats that are making tons of ISK. They've been doing it for months and we're just now releasing the MER. We didn't. We had one month where the content actually worked and we actually got to make a little bit of ISK. And then, then we got owned. And then we were this massive target. Wasn't there and it's, a, you, it's not good. Wasn't there a guy running like 11 uh, Marauders or something a couple times? That guy's still doing that. Go, go hunt him, by the way. Yeah, everyone. go hunt him. Go kill him. There's a guy out there with 15 Marauders. Every one of them is worth about four and a half billion. You may want to go eat his lunch. Just saying, he's out there. He, so he actually multi-boxes all three Dread Sites at once with five marauders oh each. Maybe that's yeah, the guy so that made the killing. So you've said your alliance has been around for 11 months, about, and so has Parkman by extension. But that means for three months, that's a good quarter of your lifetime existing in this broken yeah. state. So Pachman's what changed been around for... This... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, what changed in this frontier after the three months? When did new settlers start arriving so after the Dread Sites worked and after the MER released, um, we started getting new people gaining interest. They're like, oh man, this region is making so much money. And that, that immediately attracted everybody, right? People started to come in, they started to like, do things and try and poke things and you know, attack stuff. And then um, we got Roe Capel in. Roe Capel went immediately ground up their standings and started engaging with the content and, and, and engaging with the people and the locals and stuff. And we had some cool fights with them. We actually had some great fights with them. They're really cool people. They're very fun to fight. We learn stuff each time we fight them. They learn stuff. You know, it's it's a good good relationship, and we're not friends by any means. You know, like we we still fight each other very tooth and nail. But it was cool having more people move in, and it showed that even with the standings on the gates as they were, 
outsiders who had not been in the invasion at all could come into our space, engage with the content and settle in that place and then, you know, be part of that ecosystem. So it showed that the the crying that happened of like, oh, the standings on the gates are so restrictive was non-existent. It's not real. If Rote Compel can do it and they can step into the system having never had standings and do this in a very short period of time, anyone can do it. Anyone can. And I think in, it's just, in fact, I think it's that, silly. You know. That minor disincentive that you had to work just a little bit if you wanted to come in and attack us was the only thing that preserved the integrity of the small gang space. The reason Null didn't project armies in here is because they would have to get all their line members to come and run some PvE sites, and that would be a hassle. And the people who came here were actively engaged in the content. So instead of finding a way to increase traffic by getting more people engaged with the content, they just dropped the one thing that preserved the integrity of the space. And now we've been served up on a silver platter to groups that we have no business fighting, dude. I can form up 12 bombers on a good day. I'm not ready to fight some of these no blocks. And and yet they're, yeah. you know, this this was kind of an inevitability of that decision. Yeah, in our case, we've been fighting against Electus Matari and friends, which are Edencom aligned. That's cool. That's, you know, Edencom and Triglavian fighting is great. The problem is, is that Wrecking Crew stepped in with Dreadbomb. Dreadbomb alone owns over 100 SOV systems. We're a Triglavian RP alliance inside of Pochvin where we can't build new citadels. We're going to lose that. There's no way to do that. And the only reason they can get in and do this is because they can fill them in. There's no standings on the gates and they can just roll the region, which is why the gates had standings in the first place, was to preserve the idea that people had to buy into the region to be able to engage with it, which was I'm not preventing people from fighting. The, I'm sad to see they remove these restrictions because it was... To me, it was the gate that preserved the ecosystem. It preserved something that was new. It's like a islands that form and begin their own ecosystem. We have environmental protection laws to prevent people from interfering in these things. We have environmental protection laws to prevent invasive species entering our waters. And here, there was something. It was the standings gate. And now it's it's been removed. And um, it's sad to see that something that is brewing and has become quite new and has a system of its own, it's just being torn apart by these invasive species, I guess. That's yeah. way to put it. So, and it, it came to a point right. for us that it was, it was so anti-fun. It had gotten to the point where people were so stressed out that they were starting to infight. And when, when you have a community of people and they're starting to get upset, they're starting to get mad at each other, and you realize what it's for, we decided to burn all our citadels down. We've already started that process. Many of them are already dead. We're already doing it. Because at the end of the day... It is not fun to sit there and fight massive forces that can teleport into your home at any given time and for a change that seems to be arbitrarily put into the space and just serve you up like that. It's not fun for us. So we're killing all of them and we're going to go live in the NPC stations and we're going to keep engaging with Triglavian content. We're going to keep being the Triglavian, you know, RP coalition that we've always been, but we're not going to have these problems that we had before. Mm -hmm. And the thing is that's sad about it is if you go to you know, hundreds of people and you say, we're going to blow up our own stuff. And their first reaction is cheers. That's not good. That means something's wrong with the game. You should right. never have that type of situation from players that are, you know, in Eve. It should be, no, we should, we should keep all of our stuff. We should stop people from taking it. It was, thank God. That was what it was mm -hmm. because they all realized there's no way to win this. There's no right. way they would ever be to win this. Even Opus. if we fought off wrecking crew, it'd be the next right. group filamenting, the next group filamenting. Never right. stop. And to put things in perspective, right, these are the same, like, our people, the same people that, you know, ground 12 plus hours a day to, to pull these regions, you know, during the invasion, right, to get these systems away from 
Empire Space and Fight Eating Com. So, you know, you have people that spend 12, 14 hours a day, you know, grinding, you know, these sites and invasion. And you had the same people that have spent a year in the space, you know, the first three months grinding through content that was broken, living in broken space. So we're, we're used to adversity, right? We're used to being, you know, for lack of a better term, right? You know, uh, having to pull ourselves up day in and day out. So, you know, I've seen a lot of conversation about, well, you know, you just got to, this is what pot, this is what, you know, structural warfare is. Yeah. And this is what time warfare is. I, I've lived in Null for a long time. I know what this stuff is, but this doesn't, we're, we're not going to subjugate ourselves to this type of content because it's not like we're improving anything. It's not like there's a risk versus reward here. The reward is not worth the risk, nor is it worth our mental health, nor is it worth what we're having to deal with. And as, as Mal said, you know, when we went to our line members and after we got them discussing it, right. And we are like, yeah, we're going to burn down our structures and everyone's, I mean, the atmosphere and the discord channels went from being, you know, very low morale beat up to just elation in a video game. That's a problem. And it's something that for Dude, our I- health, for our members, we had to do. I have members of like Kylon, one of my dearest friends. He helps me to organize ITC. He his car broke down and he was stuck on the side of the road because we've been so. He took time off work to come to some of the Strybox timers. We had to form up everything we could because every battle, all the chips are on the table, and it's affecting people's real lives. We're losing sleep. We're losing. You know, it's mm. we can't do this forever. All right. Well, yeah, I, I mean, I'm sensing that you guys uh, were having a a hard time with the way the region was first. I guess, put out there for you guys. And then before you got yourself in the good situation, they opened the gates and now you're dealing with people that you've actually actively chosen not to fight because you've gone through this alternative content. And here they are at your doorstep taking down your structures. Now here's the question is why not let the structures actually be destroyed, just not defended as opposed to you destroying your own structures. What's the difference there? Because the thing is, is it's, this is an act of protest. Yeah, it's a protest. It's a protest right. against CCP and their handling of the Triglavian invasion. You know, you, you take most of the invasion is made up of people that came from HiSec, like the grand majority. Uh, what happened is those systems came under, you know, contest all around New Eden. And as their homes got invaded, they chose a side. They chose to be with Edencom or they chose with Triglavian or they chose to, you know, leave and extract themselves from those systems. People who had been miners for 10 years in HiSec suddenly we're fighting in low-sec and null-sec PvP. Now they're living in Poshvin, which is hardcore wormhole PvP space. You've taken, in a very short period of time, all of these players and pushed them towards this extreme section of EVE. And it was fine when the gates were closed because it started giving them a chance to adapt. It gave them time to do these things. Mm -hmm. But now, with the gates open, you've now plunged them into a very weird space where the only counter to what's coming in is N plus 1. N plus one and Eve can be cool for a couple of battles. It can be cool for very large scale, cool engagements like we had on the Asbel. But for a newer alliance, because the invasion hasn't been going on that long, they can't absorb that. So there's no point in doing it. And if you can't replace your citadels, you can't build back up afterwards. So you have to go as hard as you possibly can to do that. So we were trying to protect what we had from the invasion. We were trying to protect you know, people's investment in that space and their time that they spent taking these systems. And it came to a point where it just wasn't worth it anymore. And CCP keeps piling on more and more and more difficulty. If you look at the systems that we owned as Strybog Clade, like we're Ashoda and Senda and, um, you know, and, and, you know, a couple other systems we had like Urhanichi, we chose specifically one gate pockets that were final liminality. Those are the ones that we settled all around New Eden. 
we chose that because it's easy to defend for a younger alliance. We can set up a gate camp. We can teach them things about it. They're in technically nullsec when it was back in K-Space. But it's a final liminality system that has a one gate pocket. That's what it was. We took only those ones. Then they got plunged into Pochvin. It was like, oh no, they're all connected to each other. Well, this is going to be rough, but we can adapt. The gates protected us and allowed us to learn how to do hole control. That was cool because some of these people had never been in wormholes before. And the only real way in at that point was wormholes. We did hole control. It was great. You know, they learned that. Then they opened the gates up. Well, now hole control doesn't work anymore. The gates are not a protection for any of this. And anyone can filament in at any time, which has no jump range restrictions. What do you do? You do N plus one. That's the counter. It's not fun. It was a new opportunity, a new start for a lot of these players, I presume. Yeah. It was. Yeah. It was a new opportunity for them. And the thing is, is we're still going to keep engaging with the content. We're still going to sit around and wait for you know CCP to iterate on this place next because we know that they're working on it. We just don't know what they're going to do. And we will keep being here and doing the cool Treglavian stuff that we're doing. We're just not going to be tied down by these citadels that they have made into a detriment rather than into a benefit. So I think you guys had uh, something of a PR problem initially. First, Edencom was complaining because they got nothing. Triglavians got everything, which is your groups. Second, sure. uh, people saw that uh, guy was making a ton of money. And maybe he's the guy that extracted all the wealth from Poshvin, not you guys. Um, but that got out. So that PR, public relations of uh, somebody making a ton of money, as an example of everybody in there is making a ton of money. And they're doing it in secret. People need to get in there and get in on it before... It's, you know, it's too late and everything gets nerfed. Uh, so that got out there. And then um, when some of the bugs got fixed, also on the outside, right? Because bugs were getting fixed on the inside of Poshvin that you were dealing with. But outside, people couldn't get standing very easily at first, for the first few days, to even get in there to participate. And even if you got in there, you couldn't move around. You really got into one system, so you're kind of locked down. It was locked down pretty tight. Um, but then when... Um, when CCP fixed that, we'll put that in quotes, right? Fixed that. I think the image that Triglavian space, um, or Poshman was, um, so uh, like a new frontier to burn down. I think that was the incentive to get medium sized groups like RC. Dreadbomb is big on paper, but they're not that big in actuality. Um, well, you know, they're, bigger us. they're much bigger <laughs> than, bigger you than guys, us. So. It takes all three of us, four of us really. And you actually didn't even. And you actually successfully defeated them, uh, at least on the last Asbel fight. It was Edencom that came in uh, and basically suicided themselves. Let's talk about that fight a, a bit, because that is a significant fight for you guys, sure. right? Can I, before we move on, I actually wanted to address the very first point you mentioned, which is that mm -hmm. Edencom got a raw deal. And I don't want to speak for my comrades, but I think we're unanimous in saying we agree. We think that yeah. if anyone had a right to be in here fighting us, it was Edencom. They should have given, they should have made Edencom standings comparable to Trig so that once, if you have plus three Trig to take the gates, maybe plus three Edencom allows you to hack the gates so that you can maneuver in there as well. That would have preserved the integrity without just saying let everyone go in there. But yeah, we kind of think that we want our old enemy back. This whole content came from fighting them and they're barely around anymore. Yeah, to be I mean, honest with you, most Edencom groups completely like dissolved after Poshvin came out. They got nothing when Poshvin came out. They had no way to interact with us. They had no way to engage with the content anymore. And I think that was a massive miss. I agree. It would be cool to have Edencom be able to use the gates and 
triglavians be able to use the gates for different reasons with that standing scrine. It means you'd have to buy into the red versus blue environment that we had created, that CCP had created originally, when now it's all just wiped clean and there's no point in actually grinding triglavian standing. The only benefit that you get out of triglavian standing now is you get services in the stations, which is kind of whatever, seeing as every one of them is one jump away from K-Space, so you just get stations there anyway. And the only other thing that you get is you get um, like removed access to over a hundred systems in K-Space because they're all Edencom fortresses and minor victories where you'll die the moment that you enter them. That's not really a great reward, frankly. I know and the darkness th- that's happened after the first three months in this initial frontier period. Was there a, a brief respite, a golden time, like the good yeah. times? That's when they finally fixed the dread sites when they were actually working before people learned how to do the seagulling exploit and the gates were closed. So most of the fleet engagements, most of the fights were not based on citadels. Then they were based on fleets that were trying to go and farm this content, meeting each other or dropping on each other, trying to, you know, gain, gain dominance of the site or trying to PVP the other group because they, Oh, they're like, Hey, look, an observatory flashpoint site is out. Dread site, you know, fleet is out. We're going to go kill them and drop on those people. And most of that was was pretty amazing. Those fights were not small. In a lot of cases, it was a 15 billion loss to the people who lost because you have to fly some heavy battleships to do them, at least at the time. Now they've found ways to you know cheese it and make it much more refined and easier to do. But yeah, that was that was a great time, honestly. It was a great time. We were all doing some really cool stuff. I still think that the Dread Sites were paying out way too much, even during that. I really do. I think that if they would have drained the ISK from those sites and put them into the lower end sites inside of the region, because there are lower end sites, they're just terrible. If they would have put that in there, it would foster more of that small gang activity. So it'd be much easier for smaller groups of one to five to actually do things in the region and gain profit in the region. And if the dread sites had less payment on it, I don't think anyone would complain. You know, like they're they're technically way too profitable as the only profit source. How long did this good times last? How long did this growth period last? About a month. Well, and also, I think yeah. I want to give an alternative thing to to, Straub, to, to Mal and Straubach, though. Like because yeah. of the the region being what it was and lost, right? So some alliances are larger than others. So Kybernauts Clade at the time it was just Kybernauts Corporation uh, when I came in had lost a considerable amount of its members due to many reasons. So I had maybe five active members. So I had I could not do this content. So for mm-hmm. the first month of it of this golden period, I never had a golden period. Um, because I was busy rebuilding what was lost due to you know the, the things we've mentioned. So, you know, it's, yes. So I'm just going to give that as a counterpoint. So some some alliances had golden uh, periods. Some of us had growing periods, which were positive because that that allowed me to catapult to where I am now, which allowed me to have a firm down foundational base. But it, it is different from everyone in here. Just wanted to throw that out yeah. there. I, I think that if yeah, there, if there we were lower got- end sites were profitable, though, that never would have happened to you. It's just. The lower sites at the time didn't exist. They finally implemented them and they were bad. And it made it so that smaller groups couldn't do anything at all. It was 15 man or bust was basically the region. It still is technically. Yeah, a lot of us, we were were doing a lot of like incipient drone swarms in fleets of three Kikimoras, uh, which are not incredibly profitable, but you can scrape out a living if you have small teams. But you're right, it's like pennies. You're like, given, compared to the amount of, risk and the amount of difficulty in clearing something like a sleeper site um there's like eight mil 
as a reward, it's practically nothing. Um, so I, I don't know if I agree that the OBS are too overpowered, but that's only because I've only been able to run them occasionally compared to Strybog, which is very organized and can do that methodically. Um, but I certainly agree that those little sites, you have to put value in them or there's practically no reason to run them. Yeah, honestly, if if they took 25 to 50% off the top of the dread sites, they'd still be fine to run. They would still make sense for line members to run and just pour all of that into the lower sites. Give people a reason to have one to five people out there doing content. Give smaller groups a reason to enter the region and actually engage with it. Foster that like small gang PvP by giving them targets to hunt in the region. And it would be much healthier. Variety of content is much better than having a single point of failure that is very, very profitable. That's not good. That's not good for the region. That's not good for the game. And right now it's suffering from an exploit that shows that having a single point of failure is a very bad thing. So after the first four months, which would be the frontier period you said there was a well to you at least a month of good times yeah. a month of growth this what is happened fun. afterwards what's the next so, stage so basically what happened is during that month month and a half it we got very good at running those and then someone found out something that was really weird they could attack a rat in the first room and then do nothing else and still get payment for the site they could even attack the rat warp out and then warp back in before the site completed and get payment they could attack a rat, warp out, warp back in, cloak, and then decloak just before the site completed and get payment. And that is what started the seagling exploit. Now they've figured out that you don't even have to attack a rat. You can actually just remote rep another player and you also get a tag and still get paid. So they take multiple Atrons now, fly into the site, remote rep each other, and then fly away at 7,000 to 10,000 kilometers a second using snake pods and other stuff is in some cases, but most of the time it's just Atrons that are overfit after like with, you know, super fast uh, prop modules on them and they fly away and you can't catch them or they do that while they're cloaked and then decloak at 10,000 kilometers away and you can't catch them. Is this considered, an, is this considered an exploit? Uh, we shouldn't. Okay. Uh, I am using the word exploit because I, I would say games. so. So I'm going to be honest with you. CCP has very wish you know, strict guidelines on what it is an exploit that they have marked as yeah. an exploit. Yeah. I am calling it an exploit because I have worked in the games industry for 16 years and under any other studio in the entire industry. If players were able to get profit without engaging with the available content, it would be called an exploit. And I am extremely disappointed in CCP for ignoring this for four months. Right. We just don't want to describe any exploits because we get into trouble. But if it's not technically an exploit, sure. your description of it is totally fair game. Yep. With this this period, what would you call this? The dark times? Uh, I would say dark? I would say this is the, the worst iteration of Poshman currently. Uh, I would honestly say that. How, how long did this last before, I guess, the darkest times, the time that we're in has begun? Oh, geez. I think it's been, it was about a month and a half more of us just yeah. having the seagull exploit. And then, and then it started, you know, all falling apart. They opened the gates and then all hell broke yeah. loose. That's it. The seagulling, yeah. we all tightened our belts. We all decided we were going to kind of, as, a, as another act of protest, we, we kind of mutually agreed to stop running the dread site so frequently because we didn't want to feed this sort of behavior. We're like, until CCP addresses this, we're making these guys rich for nothing. There's no counterplay. You can't probe them down and warp to them because it's dead space. So you always warp back to the beginning of the room. You cannot catch them. If they are at their keyboards, there is no counterplay. And for that reason, we stopped making money. And then when the gates opened, we started losing money. Yeah. Um, so it's just been getting worse and worse. So, and, and there are some people that will say like, oh, we'll just stop, like don't complete the site, just wait. When you get to a certain point in the site, right after you kill the dread, there's a Zernitra that spawns and it starts attacking a building. The dreadnought. That puts a time, yeah, it puts, it's a, a Zernitra dreadnought. You know, it starts attacking the building. If that building dies to the Zernitra, the site completes. 
and the Zunitra attacks it and deals damage the whole time. There is a time limit where the site will automatically complete after that point starts. You cannot catch these people because you can't reach them in time to stop it. And that's that. There's no counterplay to the situation. Mm. We've even tried using worms with like, you know, overfit prop mod, using snake pods to try mm-hmm. and catch them. You, we've done all the math on if you can catch these people in time. It is not possible to do in a lot of cases. If someone tries to PvP you for the site, you can totally catch and kill them. Absolutely. But that is not the grand majority of what these people are doing. They're sitting at 10,000 kilometers. They decloak for 10 seconds and then they recloak and your money's gone. Is There's the, nothing you can do about it. Is the balance team uh, Talos responsible for Poshvin as well? Are they, uh, yes. Not for the first iteration. I know that, um, you know, right. there's a bunch of other people. Team Talos came in afterwards to start working on it. And I, mm-hmm. the only iteration that we've seen from them is opening the gates. I see. So they're, they're the ones that, that are making the changes to it now. Same balance as team. far as they know, yes. Yeah, that's really that's really rough to hear that because it seems out of the eleven months of your existence, three quarters of it has just been terrible. You've only got eked out a month or two months tops, in your words, of any good times and growth. The rest of the times were either rough frontiers or just this dark time where exploits were being used. Honestly, I think the best time that we had was either during that month where things were working before people figured out how to, you know, exploit the sites or during invasion phase three, when we were out there living in bowheads, taking stars, and we had a direction and a narrative to follow that was quite cool. You know, flying around in high sec, seeing on the agency that you have three stars that are up, choosing which star that you want to take as an organization and going there and hammering that site as much as you could, pushing it into low sec, pushing it into null sec and making change inside of EVE. Those are moments many of us will remember forever. But after that was over, the reward being Pochvin has been quite terrible. This is interesting because we thought you guys were having a great party in there, but uh, now you're, we're hearing it from you guys themselves. Opus, you seem to be optimistic. Uh, but I guess when Pochvin came around, you kind of got quiet. It was, what was your, are these all your experiences too? Uh, they're all my experiences as well. Um, you know, I, I, I tend to think that CCP will fix things eventually. I mean, I've been in this game for a really long time, right? And Sometimes they can be slow to change. Sometimes they can, you know, let things just go on for a long time. But, you know, these are some pretty serious bugs, um, very serious lack of features, missing features. And so I'm like, well, they'll, they'll get to it. Uh, <laughs> they're not getting to it. Um, and, and also it's, you know, I think as an alliance leader too, right, my job is to try and keep the face, right? I mean, I have to motivate uh, 200, you know, plus characters in an alliance and I'm a, and I'm a happy person anyway. Right. I'm not a, a, a Debbie downer by any means. So yes, I share all these experiences. Um, we may have different perspectives on certain things, but overall we, we live in the same space. We, we have, we feel the exact same problems. Hmm. All right. Um, there was something that there were some good fights. So uh, let's point to one. Now this is the Asbel um, fight. Can you tell us about this Asbel fight and how this was a significant fight for you guys? This was, I think, the greatest fight that we have ever been in. Like, to be honest with you, like as, as a coalition, as, you know, together, this was absolutely immense. And it was our maximum form up of all the people that we knew. We called on all of the people that we had ever worked with, all of our friends. Um, and it's funny because, you know, people are like, oh, you know, they're, they're just goons, things like that. Fraternity was on grid helping us too. Are we frat now too? Like, Literally everyone that we had ever talked with, everyone that we had ever worked with, everyone that we had ever fought, everyone that we had ever left a good impression on, we called on for this. And it was 
it was immense. It was an absolutely immense fight and we lost. We still lost. And I remember in the final moments, I was piloting the structure on this one. In the final moments, we thought we had won. There were two minutes left on the clock and none of us thought to bubble the gate. We made a mistake. We made a tactical error. We didn't bubble the gate. And Alexis Matari and friends came back into the system and dove onto the, onto the Asbel with typhoons. And we started mulching them, like absolutely destroying all of their typhoons. And they sacrificed themselves to take the Asbel down from 20% structure into zero. And it worked. And I remember I was at, we're at 1% of the Asbel. It had 150,000 HP left. And I was looking at it and my screen went black. And I was just like, did my client just crash? And then I was in space in my pod. I was like, no one talked. It was just two minutes of straight silence. This and it, battle, we, it was well, it, you know. think anything will ever top this battle or this this battle going to be the swan song of Pokvin going on I think in that's, the future? I honestly think that that is the last major battle with between Triglavian and Edencom forces for the foreseeable future. There is no way that we can top that. There's no financial way that we can do it because our space has been broken for so long. There's, we just can't. We couldn't do it again. You know, our alliance collectively had about 80 billion ISK in the wallet. 60 billion of that was loaned to us by line members because we had run out of cash because the space was so damaging and we were paying out SRP on this. Um, we have paid out over 100 billion in SRP. Now, mm. that's Strybog Clade has paid out of 100 billion in SRP and we paid it to the whole coalition and everybody that was involved. You can't do that. Like, it doesn't work anymore. Like, oh. there's no way that we could muster that amount of force again. I want to so bring you. Russell is the big one. I want to bring you. That's the finances. I want to bring you back to the actual emotion of the game, sure. uh, to that moment where you had just blacked out, ended up in space, and realized that what looked like a victory actually turned into a defeat. Two minutes of yeah. silence. What happened after that? A lot of line members were just broken. You know, they were really upset. They um, nobody was really mad at each other. I don't think people started to get mad until later, but there was like, you know, the stages of grief kind of a thing. People were upset and they were quiet at first and then they were mad at each other and they were picking on each other and, you know, like, why didn't we bubble a gate? You know, things like that. And yeah, we made a mistake. You know, we made a tactical error. But in every other part of EVE, anywhere else that you have fights like this, any other place that you have loss, you're allowed to make mistakes because you can learn from them. In Pochfin, you only get to have that mistake once and then it's permanently gone. We never get to adapt to those things. We just know, oh, for the next Citadel, we'll make sure to do these things that we didn't know of before. You're just always That's losing. That's a great place to be. Right. You're Since always you can't losing. rebuild. Yeah. And it's permanent loss, which doesn't exist anywhere else in EVE. And that's, we don't want to do that anymore. That's not fun. It's stressful. It's not engaging. And it's not fun. And really, that's what this protest is all about. It's basically saying... We're not doing this anymore, and we're going out on our terms. Here's our protest. We're doing something uh, significant to get your attention that we need some attention here. Yep. And it's also to show CCP that you have built a system that is a negative engagement for players, that it is bad for them, that they do not like doing what you have built this space to do right now. And it is the most dedicated to this narrative that you have built around it. These are all of the like most dedicated Triglavian players, this coalition is made up of the most dedicated Triglavian players in this space. That is what they've been doing the whole time. All of these people were people that pushed on all of these stars, were out there and literally living this content day to day. And they don't like it. You can either change that or you can keep it the way that it is and have less cool space battles. Kind of up to you. Well, those who do not wish to see that battle be Pokvin's swan song, 
What would you like to be changed in Buckman for you, well, to, for people to start flourishing again, for this region to be better? Well, to be honest with you, let Tregalavians put new citadels down if you want to have citadels in the space. If you don't want to have citadels in the space, get rid of them and make it so the NPC stations can be comparable with standings. There has to be some kind of a way for players to engage in this space that is meaningful for the standings that they're grinding or they don't want to grind it. I've even had players in my alliance that have 8.0 that are saying, hey, you know, as long as I'm above 7.0, can I start dropping my standings? Because I don't really need them anymore. To have a player that's so invested in this, that's been doing this for the last year to be like, man, maybe I should get rid of this because it's a detriment to my, you know, detriment to me instead of a buff. That's bad. That's really bad. That's bad for the game. You know, yeah. it's bad for that player. I, so what I'd want to see is either citadels in the space or a buffing of the NPC stations or, you know, there needs to be an incentive to have cool battles and have timers in here in a way that is sane. But if you're going to put citadels in the space, put the gates back up. Make it so that you have to be Eden Common Triglavian to get in. Make it so people have to have buy-in into the narrative that you've built. Don't just make it an interspace highway. If you want it to be a highway, get rid of the citadels then. And I certainly agree. We have to do something. Um, you know, I represent a lot of industrialists. And with the fall of the industrial equipment we have out here, effectively building in NPC stations is very lackluster. You get no bonuses. You get poor refined rates. It's, you know, if we're going to be living out of these stations, if that's what CCP truly intends for us, then they should at least give us a way to use the local resources, give us a way to live off the land, you know? And they? the other thing is, is it's wormhole space, so you can't even set a medical clone in there. And these stations don't provide insurance to your ships either. It's just, oh. they don't. They don't have yeah. that feature on any of them. And in many of these systems, they don't even have NPC stations at all. So it's just going to be dead space. It'll just be empty because there won't be any citadels there and there won't be NPC stations. And what's the point of going there? It's, a, it's in an odd spot. If know? CCP had said from the, uh, from the beginning that when those systems be moved from Empire space into the Poshvin region that all structures, all player-owned structures, should have disintegrated in the process. Would that have been better or worse than the situation you have? I think it would be better. And I think the reason why is a lot of people felt baited when we got put in there. First, they were like excited. They're like, oh man, we get to, you know, we have the only citadels in here. Holy moly, this is so cool. And then as the region pressed on and they opened up the gates and they made it, you know, more and more easy to invade this space, more and more easy to tear it apart. A lot of people, most of the people that I talk to say, I think CCP wants all the citadels in here to die. In fact, there's even conspiracy theories from members that say CCP has made it this way so that all the citadels will die so that they can release new content onto it later on after the citadels die. And the triggering point is when all the citadels die in the region. So we have to, you know, once all of them die, then that'll be the moment that CCP releases the new content. Like people are so desperate for this to have some kind of a meaning that they're, they're turning it into conspiracy. And it's, mm -hmm. it's, that's not good for them. You know? <laughs> I know, I know. That's interesting because it could have been, the, the talk could have gone something like, should we get rid of these stations or not? And somebody said, oh, I'll leave them in there for content. But really for you guys, it's just losing we, content. Like, and, and for us, we're the ones who help build this place and we, we are the content now. Like, mm -hmm. That's why we're burning it down. Like, Why would right. you want to be that? We help build it. We should be able to engage with it, not be the content for people who never engaged with it before. Be the peop be the actual content for those who had no care about Pochman or no care about the Triglavian invasion at all. That's but, ridiculous. But isn't that true for a lot of groups in EVE Online? Some groups are the content for PvP. Sure. And in this yeah. case, though, in, in those cases, you at least have counterplay. You can learn. You can make mistakes. You can rebuild from those mistakes. 
you can have some kind of defensive option. If you're a null sec, you can put up Sino jammers. You can also, you know, map out how far someone can actually jump onto you because of jump ranges. You can do all those types of things to be able to block that. You you know that lay of the land, you can do those types of things. In in low sec, you can, you know, put up gate camps, you can handle that kind of stuff. You can't do gate camps in Pochvin because the drifters and the Edencom rats will actually form up fleets of up to 90 that will decimate you. In many cases, they're around 15, but we've seen them as high as 90 NPCs. It's going to drop on your gate camp and rip it apart. Like it just does. Drifters also have doomsdays in there. So if you do stay there and you manage to kill them and you pop one that has a, a doomsday on it, it's going to kill someone in your fleet 100% of the time. Deleted. Every single time. No matter what they're in. It's a doomsday. Deletes them off the grid. So you cannot set up gate camps in a way that matter, which means you know you don't have the same defenses that Losec has. You cannot set up Sino jammers or anything to stop filaments. You don't have the same defenses that Nullsec has. And you can't do hole control like you would in wormhole space because all the wormholes in Pochvin open inward. This means that they're static to the region around. So if you are in a system in Pochvin uh, within one to three jumps of where it used to exist on the map geographically, there is a wormhole 100% of the time that will go into that system. It doesn't appear in Pochvin until someone scans it from the outside and enters it, meaning that you cannot control that hole from the inside of Pochvin. You have to scan it down from the outside and then crit it. And then, you know, they'll have to go and do the next one. And you have to have a scanner catch them before they do it first. And we know that because we did that against Fraternity when we fought them. We tried to maintain hole control and it didn't work in the same way as it does in wormhole space because you can't just roll it out. You know, it doesn't go to another wormhole system. It goes to a localized region that they only have to scan maybe five systems in some cases. And that's, that means you don't have a defense. Your only defense, you're, you have no environmental defense whatsoever based on the space that you have. Your only defense is N plus one. That's let's, speaking of N plus one, uh, let's talk a little bit about your relationship to NullSec because that got out as bad PR as well and made Poshvin something of a proxy war between uh, the warring parties in Delve. That would be Pappy and uh, Imperium. Are you aligned? Were you aligned? Did you have relationships with anyone? And if so, what was the nature of those relationships? So Strybog Clade has a plus five relationship with Goonswarm. You know, I've talked about that pretty publicly. And the reason why is they helped Triglavians take Niarja. When Niarja came under contest... Is that the only reason chose, why? Or do you have... Yeah. Weren't you in Goonswarm? I was in Goonswarm many years ago. I was in the Fountain War as a line member. Like, okay. That was a long time didn't ago. Really, yeah, it was a long time ago. I didn't really know much about Eve then. I got into some cool space battles. It was pretty neat. And then I stopped playing Eve. And I actually am not in Goonswarm anymore because of inactivity. I got kicked many years ago. This just, you know, that's how it is. Right. So no deep relationships, into, basically. Yeah, exactly. And mm-hmm. from there, you know, I got into the invasion stuff. I did FCing for a long time. You know, I was interacting with a bunch of people, made Strybog Clade, built that all, all that kind of stuff up. I reached out to them and gave them plus five and said, hey, you guys can have access to our space because you helped build Poshvin. That was the whole agreement. There was no agreement for mutual defense. There was no expectation of mutual defense. There was no expectation of us going out there and helping them or us them coming in here and helping us. It was just, you helped form this space. We wouldn't have Niarja without you. You get access to it. And that made sense. You know, it, it made sense to do that kind of a thing. Right. So then more and more, you know, Goonswarm members started coming out and engaging with the content. We made friends with people. They came and helped. And of their own volition, those people helped us on defense timers each time. It was never a, you know, a, a thing of like, hey, Goonswarm, you got to come help us. You know, it was literally like, hey, man, do you want to come help us on this timer? And they're like, yeah. You know, and those people were the ones that were out here and actually engaging. The and content. you were communicating and that with didn't, fleet commanders. Yeah. 
Yeah, probably. And those fleet, those ones were people that actually came out and were interested in the content. So we had we had people like you know FCs that would come out and work on on you know just in the region, actually play around in the region and go, hey, these guys are pretty cool. And we're like, could we learn something from you? We're a newer organization and we don't know how to do this, these kinds of combat where it's like 200 people. I don't know what to do there. So they showed us some stuff. They showed us some you know, ways to do doctrines and things like that. And the thing that's funny to me is people see that as the only thing that matters about our alliance. But at the end of the day, we worked with fraternity in the same way. We yeah. went and fought fraternity and then fraternity came in. You know, They, they owned us. We handed Norhouse one of our Astro houses in Wirashota as part of the agreement of we're not going to fight you anymore. And then a month later, Norhaus handed it back to me, no strings attached, literally just handed it back to us. And then when we had these defense timers, I reached out to him and I said, hey, can fraternity send some people to help us? And they did. Fraternity. It doesn't make us goon swarm. It just mm-hmm. means that these people have been nice to us and we've been nice back to them based on this situation. In that Asbel battle, goon swarm and fraternity were fighting side by side to defend us. Yeah. And they're on opposite sides of that. Yeah. <laughs> so like... People who want to push that narrative of like, oh, you're owned by a goon block, like, you know, you're owned by I, a goon swarm, you're owned by a null block, you're a puppet or any of that stuff. It's it's insane. I thought right? it might be a fascinating way into uh, diplomatic relationships between goon swarm and fraternity, which would flip this war and delve on its head, which would have been so interesting. But uh, if, it, if it would, I wouldn't be part of that. You know? But you wouldn't have been at the <laughs> table. Right? The, okay. No. Yeah. The 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 politics of Pakvin have been like very difficult to wrap my head around because we had a structure timer where I had people from Horde and people from Goons on my side of the defense and some other Goons on the other side of the defense shooting at us. It made no sense. We didn't know who was who. And yet individuals will, will come into my space and call us Goon pets. And I'm like, bro, Goons, shoot us. We've never really had like a, a an official relationship with them. I think that in some ways, as much as they've helped us in some instances, you know, being the mis- the misconception that we are all goons and in bed with goons has been more damaging than anything because that allows people like Villy to come out and say, "Ah, oh, we're coming to get you guys." It's like, what are we going to do against Villy, dude? Yeah. Like, I we got twelve was, guys. Yeah, I think that was pro guy. Thing, <laughs> but yeah, and I, and to give no, even too. more, he did uh, to even more of this, yeah. right? I am, I have a character in Goon Swarm, and I am neutral to goons. Goons shoot us. Uh, Mel Davis can tell you how many times have we had incidents between Straubog and Goon mixed fleets with with uh, with Cabernet shooting them or shooting us or you know with that. So yeah, and the best I can do for those is I go, hey, don't shoot them. Listen to your FC. Only shoot the people that your FC says they're allies with us. And they're like, oh, oh, I'm sorry. You know, like they then they don't do it anymore. But I I think the thing that I want to get across, the one thing that I want to make very clear is we don't care about the null politics. Anyone can come talk to us and diplo with us to, you know, engage in Poshvin. That's how we've always been. We're Triglavians. We're a separate entity. And that so, is why we can have a relationship with goons and also have a relationship with fraternity at the same time. Right. It doesn't matter. You, you have diplomatic capability. And I wonder, that is N plus one, where you have diplomatic capability to bat phone in bigger groups to help you out at certain times. Could that not have been a way forward instead of saying, we, we quit this kind of content we're destroying these structures before you can when you're having eight yeah i'll go for it when we have eight to ten timers a week right um it's really difficult to reach out to these people i mean every other day right in some some regard twice a day um you know two whole timers a, a week and say hey you know you brought 40 guys last time can you bring 40 again right i mean i know you've got a war in delve you've got this stuff going on you and, and no formal ties, right? They, they, we don't have mutual defense packs. We, we have friends and we have some allies, but 
to expect them to show up for a month and a half for, for two whole timers a, a week for that long time. That's at some point, you know, even, even they get tired of showing up and they feel bad about it, but it's, it is what it is. It's the expectation yeah. is, is yeah. N plus one works, but at some point, even your allies get burned out. And that's the thing is like in every single one of those Strybog clade formed up like more than any of the allies that we called on every single one of those engagements. We never mm-hmm. had a single engagement where that wasn't true. And at a certain point, it becomes one of those things of like, you can't win against a force that is so large. Um, I'll give you an example. We lost to Raitaro again recently to Wrecking Crew. We managed to form up 40 people because their morale was broken after the Asbill fight. The enemy formed up 230. Yeah. What are we going to do yeah. at that point? If you even look at the Asbell fight, you look at the Asbell fight, it was you know 200 on the enemy side there. We formed up our maximum possible form. We had 300 people of associate, you know, like of all, there's 301 ships that were actually on grid because we were reshipping constantly throughout the fight because we have, you know, our other citadels were there and we were like whelping ships into them and doing this kind of stuff over and over. So 301 ships that got lost there. Enemy ship uh, ships that got lost were 197. So you have our maximum form up there. If our maximum form up calling on everyone that we have can't beat them and they bring back more the next time, what's the point? Like at that yeah. point, you're just like, okay, let's cut losses. Let's get out of here. But on top of it, it's like this whole thing happened because of changes that CCP made to the region to force this type of thing to be the content in here. We don't want to be a part of that. So the the best way to handle it at this point is strip all the fittings off of all of our citadels, burn them to the ground and deny all of the content for anybody involved and tell CCP, we don't want to be a part of that system anymore. We don't want to be a part of your direction for the region that we helped build. It seems to be rather sad. This is, while you had previous null intervention, it was usually constructive. These guys lived alongside you. There was a, well, mu- mutual coexistence, yep. but uh, tolerance. And now there's these new invading groups who they don't want to mutually exist and they want to just de- destroy what you build. It's a destructive and that's fine in Eve, honestly. Like destruction in Eve is normal and fine. Destruction in Eve, you know, rolling other groups is a thing that happens. As much as people want to say, oh no, you know, you can't destroy other communities, can't do that. That's Eve, man. We're all in like everyone is in Eve. A grand majority of people are in Eve to ruin the game for somebody else. That's kind of the culture of Eve, let's be honest with each other, right? But at the end of the day, in every one of those situations, the person can go, what did I do wrong? I'm going to do it better next time. I'm going to put up another citadel. We're going to have better defenses on it. We're going to put it around the gate. We're going to set up better gate camps. In Ponchvin, you can't do that. When you lose, it's it's forever. That's it. It's over. You can it's never put up one-sided. another Asbel. Yeah. You, you will yeah. always, in every situation, you will always lose, and it will be permanent when you do. There's no adaptation allowed. For these well, rivalries and relationships exist, it's got to be a two-way street. One person needs to be able to when one person needs to be able to run. And in this case, yeah, it isn't a two-way street. It's just their way and you get, there's no resp- uh, respite for you if you lose. Yep. So yeah, empty. CCP decided this was the game that we were going to play. They laid this at our doorstep. But truthfully, our vision of Pakvin was a little different. We were intending to be frenemies. The different Triglavian org- organizations weren't going to be a blue triangle, as they call us. We were going to live in our separate corners in the different cries and serve the different clades and ultimately clash against each other internally, fight each other's ships, and work together for mutual defense as necessary, very much like the Triglavians do in the in-game lore. But we've been forced into a position where, for our survival, we've had to put 
all that aside, we've had to give up on the RP. We've had to give up on the proving the era that we had where we all fought wars against each other. And we've had to do this stand united because ultimately we're fighting against odds none of us can can withstand, even with our best form. In a situation where there's no rebuilding possible as well. I mean, I think that's I think that's the biggest thing to me is like, you know, it's it's just so different from the rest of Eve. And anywhere else, if you get evicted from somewhere, you can go build up in another place and it's just fine. And in Pochfin, if you get evicted, it's over. There's, that's it. Yeah. You live if in NPC stations, you leave. If that's CCP it. were to adjust that and say, okay, you can build in Pochfin, is that some kind of a solution to the permanence? Or does that just complicate it? I, I think it kind of complicates it as it current, currently stands, right? So let's, let's say that they allowed new citadels to go in on Pochfin right now. Does that allow everyone to put citadels? Does it require standings? If it does require standings, how much? Is it corp-wide standings? Well, corp-wide standings can be gotten around because a single player can be in that corporation with high standings. Now you just have a holding corp that has a whole bunch of you know citadels and potchmen. Do you have to use the LP store to get items to put those citadels down? Well, then you can just buy all those items because the LP points for Triglavians are actually a token, not an actual LP point. They can just buy them off of the market. There's so many different ways to get around this to make it so that an outside group could just be like, and I'm going to purchase my way into that instantly. So there has to be a great amount of care taken if they want to add citadels back to the region. And to be frank with you, I think that the first step should be closing those gates to make it so that only Triglavian and Edencom players can use them and that they have to have a standings buy-in to use those gates so that they can clash with each other. If they want to have a section of space that is highly themed, that is restricted to those types of things and is not and is accessible from anywhere in the game, they should make it so that people that are bought into that system can engage with it. And if you want to engage with it, you have to buy in. Right. Um, and the filaments, do you think they play a role? Like wormholers complain that filaments are really is, you know, basically an escape yeah. door anytime they want out of wormhole space. Uh, how do they play a role in, uh, in Poshvin? We do them the same way. I mm. think that filaments are frankly broken, to be honest with you. I think that they are the get out of jail free card in the game. I think that if you drop on a fleet of 15, they shouldn't be able to just disappear into space. I'll give you a really good example. I was out doing, um, you remember the EOM sites, the hacking sites that they were doing? Um, like for the event, I, I was doing those and I was in an Astero and I had a filament on me and I was in, you know, one man fleet being able to do this. A hunter Astero dropped on me. He was 10 kilometers away, starts yellow boxing me. I filament, really greasy. I did it because I knew I could get away using that and not die, which is what any player of Eve would do. But it's wrong. Like it should not work that way. It really, really yeah, should I not think work that way. Uh, you shouldn't be able to use them in dungeons. You shouldn't mm -hmm. be able to use them, you know, when you're in PVE combat. If an NPC has you scrammed, you shouldn't be able to use these. Like, the only thing that stops them from being used is if a player engages you and they have to tag you before you use it. And what you'll see a lot of is you'll see a lot of people running MJDs. They MJD away and they filament and that whole fleet is gone. And you'll see that in wormholes and they land in Pochvin and you'll see it in Pochvin and they land back in K-Space. And it's not good. On top of that, they also allow an easy access to Pochvin from anywhere in the game. You can be anywhere in wormhole space. You can be anywhere in Nullsec, anywhere in the game. And you're just in Poshvin instantly. Yeah, but go ahead. But also when the gates were locked though, it wasn't an instant get out of jail free card, right? You, you couldn't use the gate. So you were still had either had another filament to get out of, um, with, with, uh, out of Poshvin or <laughs> you, you were trapped. So at least before it wasn't as, it wasn't such a get out of jail free card. It still had consequences. Um, but now again, it's just get out and you know, you're you out of jail free card. Yeah. So I think Poshvin, isn't unlike faction warfare where there's an intent to have groups fighting, but the mechanics are all broken um, and it doesn't quite work out. 
sounds like yep. that you're in a similar situation. I think that, you know, faction warfare is another thing that, that really needs a rework. And I, I feel like Triglavian versus Edencom was a chance for CCP to revisit faction warfare style mechanics, learn something, and then go and iterate on faction warfare in a meaningful way. And I think they dropped the ball here, honestly. Well, I agree that I was interested in Poshvin as, as exactly what you said, a way of re reworking, reigniting faction warfare. Uh, maybe even on a larger scale with more involvement. Uh, and and I, story, too. Yeah, the story was yeah. great. You yeah. Know, like there was so consider, con consider how fun it would be to have two teams that were constantly fighting to raise and lower the security status of stars, making the map more dynamic, changing the trade routes that people take all the time, while not having to forego their access to K-Space, which is a consequence of current faction warfare mechanics. You could have your cake and eat it too. You could get more people in the door, have them fighting over more locations, but you know they could preserve their access to markets and things. It would be beautiful. Yeah. I think the N plus one is a bit of a disease. That's the way the world works, I suppose. But it's also a bit of a disease in this kind of a game because it really, uh, just like we're seeing in the CSM elections, it weighs things heavily on people who organize and bundle uh, as opposed to people who are individually... Uh, present a certain culture that you want to buy into. It's kind of rigged, in other words. So N plus one, bat phones, and that kind of stuff, we can agree kind of distorts gameplay to a certain degree. Yeah. The opposite well, is true in wormhole space, uh, where you have doors that can be shut and closed pretty much, preventing N plus one coming in. It seemed like Poshvin was right in the middle there, well, except for the filaments. Well, there, there are systems to create attrition and stop a larger force from entering uh, an area to fight. There's ways to create attrition. In Nullsec you have, well, you have the whole uh, self-mechanics, I guess, and you have the Antibex jump gates and the entire sub-warfare uh, is designed to uh, benefit, uh, say, a defender, create attrition and balance things. In wormholes, you obviously have wormholes limiting a certain amount of people. You can't bring 100 battleships through a wormhole because of the wormhole mass limits creating attrition in Pogfin you had something had you had the whole standings requirement and now without the standing requirements and the how do I say Byzantine system of the wormholes there's just there's no attrition to prevent yeah. an M plus one group from just rolling it and over it's so I'll interesting that zero scary that actually is like it, we watch the markets. We watch the markets mm -hmm. to see what's going on in terms of filaments, right? Because they're so important to our area of space. Someone bought all of the Cryvelis filaments in the game for a week. There were three on all markets in all of EVE for a week. All of them disappeared. Cryvelis is our area of Botchvin, like Strybog Clade's area of Botchvin, where we live. That means every single one of those could be used to drop 15 people at any time from any area of space. If they get potted out, they can reform and do it again, or they can have another reinforcement fleet appear at our doorstep at any time, constantly, just over and over and over and over again with no way to stem the flow. So I think your, your point about attrition is very important. And I think that it's, it's very accurate to describe the place. But, the, but it's interesting, and Zero brought this up earlier that, and it's so funny, he slipped into darkness, all we see is his keyboard. There you are. Um, but we see, we see, it was a funny point that he made that it hadn't really occurred to me that all it took was a little PVE to raise your standing that blocked so many people from overrunning Poshvin before. That's way more effective than some of the other methods. Yeah. And that's why I was saying there needs to be another way to go through the gates. It, it shouldn't have blocked everybody out. It should be blocking only people that haven't bought into that system. Have Edencom go and farm standings and do it. Have Treglavians go and farm standings to do it. 
like Rote Capel proved that it was easy to farm those standings. They did it in like a day and a half. They literally just sat down and mm-hmm. were like, how do we do this? Let's do but, it. And but this may be like, a solution for N plus one, right? Because you can get a small crew of 15 to do it, maybe, because you're all going to do it mm-hmm. together. But a crew of thousands, you can't get they them all do to it. do it. They won't do it. And yep. that's the way to block N plus one. Yep. And that's the thing is it, it allowed there to be a subcap PVP paradise without null block like level combat that was happening where it was still like 15 to 20 people usually at maximum fight and it was pretty cool man like it was a unique place in eve it was a place that was different from everywhere else and now it's just like everywhere else but much easier to invade so it's like it's just not that interesting we'll we'll see how that that forms up okay uh we're almost out of time just one question for the three of you guys um that i have and then maybe rich has one but are there mistakes that you made that um have helped create the situation that you're in, in your own uh, estimation, could you have done something differently? Yeah. I mean, there's always stuff that you can do differently, you know, like growing so large so quickly, at least for Strybog Clade was a pretty big detriment. Our players didn't have enough time to adapt to the space. They didn't have enough time to train up to be able to survive in here. And we had to have kind of a core of people that really know what they're doing inside of the space. And a lot of people that just are new. You know, they're new to the game or they're new out of high sec or they're new to places like wormhole space or they don't know how to scan or things like that. That can be pretty detrimental to a larger organization that, you know, got thrust into this area. So I think that's a pretty big one. You know, we've tried everything we can to train people and they're getting much better. They're getting way better over time and they're getting more excited and more into these types of things. But we need more time than is allotted, you know, in this type of space. I think the other thing is by even reaching out and giving plus five to people like Goonswarm, it created this weird persona for the rest of the entire community of like, oh, they're goons because you're associated with goons. I, I think for me, I misjudged the way that the rest of the community works in terms of you know, how friendships can, can be. I, I misjudged the fact that if you even reach out in friendship of any kind within this game, it immediately politicizes it and turns it into something else. Even if the groups involved understand, even if we can be friends with Goonswarm and fraternity at the same time. Outsiders don't understand that and they take it the wrong way and they can twist that to turn it into something that it's not. And that's something I just didn't know before, to be frank with you. Yeah, you're on the hook for everything they say all of a sudden. Yep. And whether it's true or not, you know. Right. What about you, Zero? Well, I... Specifically with reference to the goons, one thing I saw that uh, put Maldavius in an awkward spot was when a couple of goon organizations started shooting our friends in Como. If there was one other organization that should be represented here today, it's our Russian-speaking friends in Como. I think they call themselves Triglavian Unity now, but we lovingly call them the Como Knots. and so they found themselves under siege by goons. And we all, as the rest of the Triglavian Coalition, question like, what will they do in this moment? They do have a written agreement with goons, but they're also friends with the Triangles. And we all feared they would stand down. And Maldavius had to make that tough call to be like, nah, dude, we'll, we'll fucking shoot goons if we have to. We stick with the Triangles. And I respected that call. But it kind of demonstrates how nebulous and amorphous the politics out here are. You never know. One day someone who's your friend, the next day is your enemy. And so it would be wrong to lump us into a group and say, you're all goons. Sometimes goons are on my side of the fight. Sometimes they're against me. Pakvin is a place where people put down the external politics it's like a summer home for a lot of these uh no people yeah what about you opus uh, any mistakes that you could have uh or any any and this is meant not as a trap but as a moment of introspection yeah 
So for me, I came back in to be the leadership of Kyronauts in October of last year. Um, I stepped away uh, to the the battle in you know the, the war in Delve. Uh, Ashtarothy took over for me, um, and so I wasn't able to cultivate relationships uh, the same way I would have been able to if I'd have been here. Um, which again, once I came back, I started from zero. So while everyone had a, a you know an already a handle on their relationships, uh, you know. For the sake of my alliance, then I, well, I turned into an alliance. You know, I was behind the curve, right? So a lot of me stepping away when I did uh, caused us to be behind. Uh, you know, that's one of the reasons. Like, you know, I spoke a while ago to us being, you know, uh, having different experiences, right? You know, we we lost more members than others because of uh, the bugs and all, but also because there was a transition period there, and I had to come in and figure out what was going on. So. You know, if I'd have stayed with it longer, right? If I had not took the best directorship of Kybernauts and put Ashtarothy in top, not saying, you know, anything about Ashtarothy in this particular moment, but it would have probably made everything better for Kybernauts itself. I th- also, if I can mention, I think I misunderstood the question. No, I wouldn't do a single thing differently. I made a lot of friends, fought a lot of great fights. I'd do it all over. No regrets. <laughs> okay. Yeah, right. once, once I got in space, there I don't have no regrets. Also, um, also no introspection. <laughs> the thing is, I did everything well, I possibly could I to assemble a small gang and, and live in dangerous space. Hang on, two guys talking at the same time. Preserved by TCP. I know, understand a lot of people in EVE Online are all about survival of the fittest, M plus one, whoever is strongest, but I don't think that should be the case. We, If this were the case in real life, then we wouldn't have areas preserved and their habitats protected. We would have nothing but uh, mitten crabs invading rivers and invading our oceans. We would have kudzu growing off uh, bridge. Well, we, we do right now because somebody introduced it, but we would have more things like kudzu, Japanese knotweed growing all over the place. We have protection systems in real life for a reason, to preserve habitats and regions. And I think in EVE Online, well, uh, while it is a game, we should have these uh, systems to protect... Well, what's what's good? Otherwise, it just becomes this bland, monotonous, single culture, single cell, where everybody is the same. There's no variation. I well, think, I, uh, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say we need protection. What I would say is that we need a counterplay option. In any other part of the game, you have a counterplay option to help, as you called it, cause attrition to your enemy. You have things like Sino jammers. You have things like wormhole mechanics. You have all of these different, you know, pieces of the puzzle that you can put together. In Pochvin, you no longer have those pieces of the puzzle. And you have an advantage for attackers and a disadvantage for defenders, where defenders can never rebuild. That is where I think the problem is. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say we need protection, but I understand where you're coming well, from. Well, I, I think what yeah. he's talking about is the, the environment needs protection, not you specifically. Sure. It's almost... The, the environment and the, need geography. And the culture, yeah. Be, uh, otherwise, well, otherwise, it's just going, going to be constant invasions and M plus one, and everybody will be the same. I... I do not want to go through all these regions and see the same things. I want to see a diversity of who I'm going to fight and the people living there. I want to see yeah. a div. I want to see different things. Not a diversity of circumstance. Mitten right? crabs. Uh, I don't no. want to see just mitten crabs and kudzu. I'm afraid. <laughs> I absolutely you know, agree with you. It wasn't to. Pr- it wasn't to protect us. It wasn't to protect any organization. It was to protect the integrity of a subcap small gang space. I, I agree. Go ahead, Opus. I would like to go back and, and I mean something I said. Um, I, I'm not saying the membership got low because of Ashtarothy. I'm saying that the game mechanics and everything and, and the bugs 
already was Hamas was already a smaller corp, and then it, it cut him in half even more so. I, I don't want to take away anything that Ashtarothi did or did not do um, because of that. I, I want to be clear about that. Some I saw some stuff in chat. I, you know, I, I think I appreciate Ashtarothi for taking over. He was very passionate about the project, um, but you know, I was brought in for a reason. But I'm not blaming the <laughs> the low numbers of the members solely on Ashtarothi for that. It was a big part was game mechanics and some things like that. So anyway, I just want to clarify that. Yeah, it's the break-in period. Actually, Faction War had the same growing pains in 2000. Uh, it was proposed in 2007 and actually made it to the game 2008. It also had uh, a real, a lot of interest. Then it broke for a long time. Then it started to get repaired and it still has languished back and forth between uh, having a heyday and, and being broken. I think Citadels were the finally what broke uh, Faction War pretty well. But uh, I, I imagine Poshman's still going to have some of those growing pains. And, uh, and you guys are feeling them, since you guys are the inhabitants and the heroes of Poshman. You're the ones that helped carve out that space with your actions. Um, do you have any final comments? We'll start with Opus and go back. Uh, Opus, Zero, and then uh, Maldavius. Any final comments uh, that you want to say to the players or CCP or just put everything in perspective? Yeah, you know, I'm going to... You know, I'm going to talk about my alliance and even my allies here, um, and the way even the ones that are not here. Right? It's it's been a great journey. Right? We're not done. We're not leaving Potchfin. Our structures are going to be burned to the ground by us, but that's just so we can actually fly spaceships again and not be <laughs> controlled by timers. So you know, CCP, uh, rest of Eve. Right? We're not giving up on this space. Uh, I think that everyone has bought it. At least people that are here bought into the lore of the Triglavians and Edencom. We just want to be able to do content besides timers and not be the content. I recognize there's a lot of you out there that don't like Triglavians and maybe have no investment whatsoever in this story. Maybe you're happy to see us burn. And I just want to let you know, we're destroying our own empire. We're salting the earth and there is nothing more you can take from us. And we have never been more dangerous to you. You still have Citadel's friends. I still know where you live and we have all the time in the world. Remember that. I think that's... I, I super agree with you there, Zeramis. I think I think the thing that's going to make me most happy about this is the whole point of the Triglavian invasion is that we were invaders. We got to go into the rest of New Eden and cause havoc and do things that people were like, how dare you turn this system into Losek? How dare you turn it into Nullsec? We finally get to do that again. Once these citadels are dead, we're not going to be chained down to anything. We're going to be able to go out there, cause havoc, and then filament home when it's done. And I cannot wait. Do you have a list of names? Maybe. They're on the BRs. <laughs> I have a list of corpses. Just saying. Yeah, corpses. You're going to turn into corpses. Very funny. Uh, all right, Rich. Do you have anything else you want to say? Lovely stuff, by the way. Well, unlike uh, unlike Planet Earth today, the meek will inherit nothing in Eve. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thank you guys very much for taking some time and coming here, telling us about your. Uh, situation, your protest, and uh, and how you're going to uh, go forward. Rich, thanks for hanging out with us. And you guys out there, thank you for watching Talking In Stations. We'll be back later today with news of the day. Uh, for now, thank you for watching. We'll see you next time on TIS.